undesirable difficulties. Elizabeth and Robert Bjork, who coined the phrase desirable difficulties, write their, that difficulties are desirable because they trigger encoding and retrieval processes that support learning, comprehension, and remembering. If, however, the learner does not have the background knowledge or skills to respond to them successfully, they become undesirable difficulties. Unquote. Cognitive scientists know from empirical studies that testing, spacing, interleaving, variation, generation, and certain kinds of contextual interference lead to stronger learning and retention. Beyond that, we have an intuitive sense of what kinds of difficulties are undesirable, but for lack of the needed research, we cannot yet be definitive. Clearly, impediments that you cannot overcome are not desirable. Outlining a lesson in sequence different from the one in the textbook is not a desirable difficulty for learners who lack the reading skills or language fluency required to hold a train of thought long enough to reconcile the discrepancy. If your textbook is written in Lithuanian and you don't know the language, this hardly represents a desirable difficulty. To be desirable, a difficulty must be something learners can overcome through increased effort. Intuitively, it makes sense that difficulties that don't strengthen the skills you will need or the kinds of challenges you are likely to encounter in the real-world application of your learning are not desirable. Having somebody whisper in your ear while you read the news may be essential training for a TV anchor. Being heckled by role-playing protest protesters while honing your campaign speech may help train up a, polit a politician. But neither of these difficulties is likely to be helpful for Rotary Club presidents or aspiring YouTube bloggers who want to improve their stage presence. A Cub towboat pilot on the Mississippi might be required in training to push a string of high-riding empty barges into a lock against a strong side wind. A baseball player might practice hitting with a weight on his bat to strengthen his swing. You might teach a football player some of the principles of ballet for learning balance and movement, but you probably would not teach him the techniques for an effective golf drive or backhand tennis serve. Is there an overarching rule that determines the kinds of impediments that make learning stronger? Time and further research may yield an answer, but the kinds of difficulties we've just described, whose desirability is well documented, offer a large and diverse toolkit already at hand. The takeaway. 
Learning is at least a three-step process. Initial encoding of information to help is held in short-term working memory before being cons- consolidated into a cohesive representation of knowledge in long-term memory. Consolidation reorganizes and stabilizes memory traces, gives them meaning, and makes connections to past experiences and to other knowledge already stored in long-term memory. Retrieval updates learning and enables you to apply it when you need it. Learning always builds on a store of prior knowledge. We interpret and remember events by building connections to what we already know. Long-term memory capacity is virtually limitless. The more you know, the more possible connections you have for adding new knowledge. Because of the vast capacity of long-term memory, having the ability to locate and recall what you know when you need when you need it is key. Your facility for calling up what you know depends on the repeated use of the information. To keep retrieval routes strong and on your establishing powerful retrieval cues that can reactivate the memories. Periodic retrieval of learning helps strengthen connections to the memory and the cues for recalling it, while also weakening routes to competing memories. Retrieval practice that's easy does little to strengthen trained learning. The more difficult the practice, the greater the benefit. When you recall learning from short-term memory, as in rapid-fire practice, little mental effort is required and little long-term benefit accrues. But when you recall it after some time has elapsed and your grasp of it has become a little rusty, you have to make an effort to reconstruct it. This effortful retrieval both strengthens the memory but also makes the learning pliable again leading to its reconsolidation. Reconsolidation helps update your memories with new information and connect them to more recent learning. Repeated effortful recall or practice helps integrate learning into mental models in which a set of interrelated ideas or a sequence of motor skills are fused into a meaningful whole that can be adapted and applied in later settings. Examples are the perceptions and manipulations involved in driving a car or in knocking a curveball out of the park. When practice conditions are varied or retrieval is interleaved with the practice of other material, we increase our ability of discrimination and induction and the versatility with which we can apply the learning in new settings at a later date. Interleaving and variation build new connections, expanding and more firmly entrenching knowledge and memory and increasing the number of cues for retrieval. Trying to come up with an answer rather than having it presented to you or trying to solve a problem before being shown the solution leads to better learning and longer retention of the correct answer or solution, even when 
your attempted response is wrong, so long as corrective feedback is provided.